<laughs> Imagine you've just commentated like Faker v Rookie like five months ago or something. You're losing your mind because fucking Pikachu and Charmander are ending the game. Oh my goodness. <laughs> fucking quick shot. Ruined my career. I don't know. Why is, why is that? I see catching strays in that game. I don't fucking know. I don't... Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. We've got some more general esports stuff to talk about today. My name is Foxshop. I'll be your host, and I'm joined by the lovely, resplendent, fantastic Rich and Thorin, who will be sharing their opinions on the esports topics of the week. Uh, I usually start these episodes talking about really important things uh, and then we get less important as it goes on. Obviously, the most important thing is food-related, I pick your brain. And it's technically I, way more important. Like, if we don't have food, we will die. Without eating, life will just be arguably just slightly more interesting. That's true, actually. That's a good point. So food, therefore, is, is, is. unequivocally, objectively, way more important than yep. esports. Agreed. And even Rich's awful in the Swiss French Alps. Okay. Okay, I got it. Nice, excellent. And uh, my question to you, actually, to start off the episode today, is uh, of the three condiments. Actually, do I make it four? Nice, no, make it three. It's a good number. Ketchup, barbecue sauce, and mayonnaise. One of them gets sent into the fiery pits of hell, never to be seen again ever. Which one do you condemn to a life of non-existence? Ooh, okay. And why? Because here's the problem. Like, first of all, I already feel like you've gone a bit American that of the three, barbecue sauce and because I thought if you're going three, you are from England, mate. Mustard is the third one. Yeah, sure. well, that like, was what I was going to maybe. Then we'll go with like a classic, you know, fucking old, the old powder shit, like like a boomer granddad. Here's the problem, yeah. though. I actually have an interesting answer here, but I think I've already referenced this on a past episode, so I'll make it brief. Basically, if, if we're in England when we make this choice, I'm easily putting mayonnaise in the bin because I'm not a fan of things that taste very much like egg, personally. I don't like the flavour to be strong. And if people don't know, one of the really weird differences between England and where I live now in the Netherlands is the mayonnaise in the Netherlands. I'm not sure which way around it is. I think it's that it has more oil in or something. It's a bit creamier. So basically, the mayonnaise in the Netherlands is a little bit more like yellow colour. And it's like, uh, I would almost say it's a bit sweeter. It doesn't have like an egg flavour. Whereas the classic Hellman's, you know, the really white mayonnaise that we have in England. I, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I thought I didn't like mayonnaise. So if we're in England, I'll take the mayonnaise, chuck that right out. I've never really gotten why people love that, but I'm not a big egg fan. Okay, but as you, people you... know about Twitter, boom, boom, block a ball. See where they can go. I feel, but, but if, if we are outside the UK and the eggs, of those three, I would probably have to say I'd chuck barbecue sauce out because I actually find as a general as a condiment, by the way, it's like super variable. Like it can be really yes, delicious, yes, awesome. Yeah, Whereas the difference yeah. is like ketchup. True, it is. I'm cheating. I'll just get like Heinz brand or something. But, like ketchup's pretty consistent, you know. Like if you like ketchup, yeah. it's unlikely it's going to be bad. Whereas I do feel like barbecue sauce. Sometimes, dude, you get it and you're like, is this even barbecue? This is almost like like a a. Just, just a sweet sauce. Then you have the barbecue element. Like so, sometimes it's almost not even barbecue sauce. If you know what I mean, I, I feel like it's all over the place. I know, I know exactly what you're saying, and I, I'm, I'm here for it. I respect that opinion. Rich, hit me. Which one's going in the bin? Originally, by the way, when you were like framing the question, I thought you were going for like a fuck, marry, kill sort of thing. Yeah. Like the way you're into it. Be about but but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm a hundred percent agree on like the barbecue sauce. Like barbecue sauce, there's to me, there's no such thing as barbecue sauce in the same way there is ketchup. Like if I get ketchup, I know exactly what I'm getting within like a very small percentile. Barbecue mm. sauce, if it's like fucking, what's like 
I don't know. You can get barbecue sauce that tastes like brown sauce. You can get barbecue sauce that actually tastes kind of smoky and like it is from a barbecue mm. or whatever. Or as Thorin said, you get this random like, you know, if you go to TGI Fridays, isn't that Jack Daniels? Is, isn't that technically like a barbecue sauce? And that yeah, tastes yeah. so different. Like, oh, it's, mega, it's crazy. It? Yeah. But I fucking love their Jack Daniels sauce. That is so, the shit. If you've never yeah. been, if you're in the UK, go to TGI Fridays and get any of the items that have the Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. It's really nice. I don't even like whiskey. And it's delicious. Yeah. And really you know the nice you know the biggest drip about that though is they obviously like that it's their amazing sauce or whatever so they did what everyone did which is they bottle it up and they put it in retail oh, shops right. and it does not taste the same at all oh, well, wait a second by the way as a sidebar stores have to stop that because they do the same thing at fucking Nando's yeah, you know yeah. you can buy the sauce can you fuck yeah. it's nothing <laughs> like that like it's like the, it's like 10% of what that sauce actually tastes like in the restaurant in it because you know you buy that yeah. going oh great I'll have it at home this will be hilarious like yeah the joke's on you mate they don't give you the real shit do they the mm. fucking some dodgy side shit or something watered down what the fuck's that I would, I would actually argue that it's worse to the TGI's like it takes nothing like it oh that's and, gross but, come on man but there's like a whole mythology around the TGI ones like there's so many YouTube videos of people trying to recreate it and oh, shit right, it, it, it's okay. like their secret sauce like they do say it's a secret sauce or whatever so I don't know I'm pretty sure if a food guy goes in there and wants to order it they do have to, have to tell him what fucking ingredients are in it but whatever anyway if it's that that's fuck and marry, whatever. I know that wasn't the question, but that is an absolute <laughs> banger of a sauce. But of the three, if I'm going like super generic, I've got a bin barbecue sauce, I guess. Because most of the time, if you go into... Here's how I put it. You go into a restaurant, you see three bottles next to each other. The generic barbecue sauce is going to be the worst. Most likely, it's going to yeah. be the worst. Like, if you like mayo, you know what you're getting. If you like ketchup, you know what you're getting. And I do like a bit of mayo, so... There we go. And also, if you have ketchup and mayo still alive, you can do every eight-year-old's dream. Mix them together in a bowl, can't oh, you? And cool. you make burger sauce, and that doesn't taste like that's shit, right. does it, kids? So, yeah. Is that actually what burger sauce is? That is literally burger is, sauce. Is no, I think it is. I think, yeah, I think yeah, it, it literally is. Well, I mean, people sell... I think it's got some pickle as well. To make, yeah, I mean, if you, buy real burger, if you buy real burger sauce, and yeah, but if you get, like, a shitty sachet from, like, a diner or something, I'm pretty sure it's basically just mayo and... Uh, Ketchup. By the way, that's actually where we've missed a trick in England. Is that by default we don't really use the whole burger sauce angle. We just put ketchup on. Whereas actually, like yeah. on a burger specifically, that sauce is a pretty good angle. It is. came up with that flavour. It fits, doesn't it? It's a pretty good Dude, profile. Apparently, it is ketchup mayo with additional mixins. I had no idea. Well, that was like an urban legend or something. Apparently, it's real. That's actually blown my mind a little bit. That's crazy. No, yeah, actually, yeah, mix. No, mix it at home, and it will. It, I'm not saying it's identical. Like I'm sure the proper, exactly the proper companies sure. probably put actual other shit in. But it is basically yeah. the same shit. That's mental. For me personally, I, I think I'd... I would be tempted to dip mayo. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of it. Here's my here's my thought process, okay? I feel like barbecue... The scenarios where you want barbecue sauce, you can have ketchup anyway, right? I don't want to say they're necessarily interchangeable. Oh, I think so. But yeah, in a situation, you know, right. So I think you can kind of don't need to keep both of them. And mayo is a neutral thing. So you can, for example, chuck it in a tuna sandwich or a tuna mix or whatever. It kind of, or like some kind of like salad or something like that. It kind of doesn't, you wouldn't do that with ketchup or with, with barbecue sauce. But just as a side, mayo, I just, I'm like, eh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not very partial to it. But that that was very fascinating, boys. Thank you so much for your for opinions. And I learned something new about burger sauce. So I'm, I'm buzzing today and I can't wait to learn more about your thoughts on esports speaking of let's get into our first topic a bit of a somber one actually to start off today uh even global has 
released their editorial staff essentially saying that Invan Global isn't going to be in the uh, esports journalism game any longer. Uh, journalist Tom Matheson, who's done a lot of interviews with uh, with LEC and and done a lot of League of Legends stuff, uh, he, he's you know he, he mentioned this uh, on Twitter. This is this is following the news of like, Upcomer, who recently shut down ESPN. They shut down last year sometime as well. Uh, it seems like esports journalism just isn't isn't it anymore, honestly. Um, and, and I want to get your opinions and your thoughts on on the future of esports journalism and just your reaction to Inven shutting down specifically because Inven Global is it's a big name. It's been around forever and it's a very well respected name as well. So I'll come to you first, uh, Thorin, on this one as Mr. Esports Journalism himself. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the matter? By the way, sure. sorry, just really uh, super quick. I, I think yes. Upcomers still going. They just oh, let it still go exists of loads in the site. They just like most of the staff. Yeah, go, yeah. I think, or, okay, okay, okay. Like, for example, oh, I think yeah. the editors did, but a lot of like the actual like staff yeah. writers or whatever left. Yeah, something like that. In gotcha. just in, in spirit, though, they're sort of done. Yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs> here's the problem. First of all, as a disclaimer at the beginning, I will say esports is such a feckless industry that it's an industry where they consider Twitter eggs, literal Twitter eggs, doing rumors about roster moves that haven't happened. Journalism, but me doing like a five hour interview in depth with the winner of TI. That's not journalism, unfortunately. So I will just say that might not, maybe I aren't a journalist. Who knows? But the problem basically goes like this. Right. This isn't even news like these guys are at the end of the fucking phase of when you make a huge site and you trick some VC guy into giving you millions and you tell him we're going to become the ESPN of esports. Spoiler, that didn't work for real ESPN, for fuck's sake. The model doesn't work. It's never worked. And part of the reason why is because it's actually spoiler ESPN. The real ESPN of sports doesn't work this way. It is actually not a very good prospect, which is why you'll notice ESPN themselves have done things over the last 10 years like launch channels that are subscription based like ESPN Plus and try and do things like if you remember there was that whole Grantland thing a few years ago where they had content creators and they were trying to like build them up as personalities basically they sort of could see in advance what they sort of did with Barstool later but they just weren't able to nail the business model so the problem goes like this as far as I can tell in the modern day because there's just all this like free ability to communicate information on the internet, it means that like the actual ROI on having like the best people do it, it's not very much actually. In theory, everyone can do it. And it's meant that like when you have to pay people real salaries, there's no way to ever get the money back. And there's no way the sponsorship right now for like ad clicks can come anywhere close. Like you have to understand sites like Upcomer, they were doing stuff. I'm just going to say it right now. They were doing stuff like paying $80,000 so someone could be like the diversity and inclusion officer. This isn't a real fucking, like, building that you go and work in, you know. This is a fucking person on the internet just going, like, anyone said any naughty words? Like, can I have my 80k a year? Like, by the way, if that person gets paid 80k a year, it's over. The business cannot... Mar that, that margin cannot work. And you can imagine, by the way, some of those dickhead editor guys I always mock, they were on six figures. Don't even worry about it. So if we're going at this point before anyone's even produced anything of value, how are we ever going to have a business? So the real issue is this. In the modern day, as far as I can tell, for journalism to make sense, it has to be a bit like what happened to mainstream journalism five years ago, which is you have to do the journalism approach, which essentially 
essentially just means you hire a person for as little as possible. Ideally, you have them be a free intern in, in real journalism sometimes. And what you do is you tell them you're going to write X amount of stories per day. So in the real world of journalism, that might actually be, no joke, six to eight news pieces a day. And you have to just figure out a way to write six to eight news pieces. And the premise goes, because we're paying you very, very little, it doesn't matter that most of these pieces will never get any traction and no interest. We're just hoping even one of those pieces hits the algo, it has the right hashtag, it hits the right moment of timing, and maybe it's the first one seen out of all the sites doing this, and it blows up. And so that's why this is what people don't get. A lot of people are really confused why in gaming you have all those weird Kotaku articles that'll be like, you know, yes, the new Kingdom Hearts game might be good, but does it like, you know, further like colonialized stereotype? You might think, why do they do that? No one reads that. No, no, that's the joke. That's the only thing people read. What happens is normal people don't read games journalism. We just go on YouTube and stuff. But people who aren't gamers might click on that article by the way, specifically because of that angle, they're nothing to do with gaming. They just go, wow, all right, is my like my political interest mirrored in the gaming? So, oh, interesting. I didn't know that was going on. That's the person who might click. So basically, the problem you have in esports is these things don't exist. Like you'll notice DeSerto, which has been around a lot longer than a lot of these sites, they've actually adapted in a way that infers what the industry's doing, and even they haven't really got ahead of it. Because if you notice, what DeSerto did two years ago, roughly, I think, was they hired Richard Lewis, right? And what they did was, even though he's there to do his great articles and investigative journalism and award-winning content, you'll notice what they actually had him primarily doing wasn't just his articles, it was as he they made Richard Lewis a React video guy. This is real. They would just have Richard Lewis, after big matches in Counter-Strike or big roster moves, do a video, and the video would be some Stephen A. Smith type stuff, like right now, you know, G2 cannot win with this lineup. They've got to make a change, and I'm putting my name on it, and then they would go, listen, it's a reaction, but that's my hot take of the day. They would have that. So basically, what that infers is that's the model now. The model now is about drama, and it's about getting the outrage clicks, and it's about playing with the algo and trying to hit whatever's really topical right now, so that as the rising tide goes up, all ships get carried with it. So basically, You've got to have that model. Well, that can't work on these sites because these content creators aren't Richard Lewis. They aren't Thorin. They haven't got a huge name where you could do that. Secondly, spoiler, people like us generally don't want to do that. It's considered like belows. It's the shittest, most lowbrow type of content there is. And then finally, I would just say this is the business model in terms of like paying people those salaries like i said that can't it can't exist like that anymore like you can but this same thing will happen it will last two to three years max probably one to two you will just burn through your budget you won't get the sponsors you think you won't get that big cash injection for year three or year four that you were hoping for and the sad thing for me is this i have an issue with this whole concept because as i said foxtrop i'll wrap it like this It'd be one thing if this was the first attempt at this, if this was like an on-gamers years ago, or ESPN eSport. I get if people want to try the idea and it doesn't work, that's fine. But my problem is this. You'll notice as each of these sites get made, like the actual staff that they hired, the big names, get sort of smaller and smaller. Like a lot of the big names don't go along to those sites. That's my problem with this approach now, is I felt sorry for the first generation of people who worked for these sites in good faith. It didn't work, and then they lost their gig. People like Fion, right? I don't feel as sorry anymore for people who've been at like four of these sites and it's just bust again it's like so at what point in time mate do you ever actually take responsibility that you're not in good faith working with someone who's your partner you're basically just taking money from someone who like the joke here would be you're almost like taking advantage of the mentally ill you're just taking some delusional person's money you're just doing a job pretending that it could ever last you know it can't last in your heart of hearts and then after a couple of years you go well guess it didn't work out and then you blame all them like I think the industry has to start taking accountability for this as well. Like, it's just, at the moment, the old way of working is not viable. 
Like, we're all going to have to find a new way to do it. I'm not bitching like, I should have to try. No, I have to find my own method to make it work in journalism. So essentially, yes, the old type of journalism doesn't exist in terms of how it's modelled and monetized. I don't think it can, unfortunately. And in my opinion, anything in the future is going to be a lot more almost, it's, I think of, I would take notes from like influencer and streamer culture. Like I say, in my opinion, in the modern world, what you actually want to do is get someone who's a personality. So Richard Lewis would be a great example. And you want him reacting to the new news story that's happened. That's how you get the views, in my opinion. Like, I think the whole field's actually sort of, I wouldn't say dying, but I think it's, I would almost call it like market correction. I think there's so many years that we're all in fantasy world that never could have worked. I think now we're actually going to have to face reality. Like, I don't think there's going to be many more of these sites that have done. I think that we've just been too many. You think that's it's we've kind of reached a point now where it's just yeah. running its course, you know. I think we'll go back to the old days. It'll be smaller sites or small mm. clubs, or it'll be like people like me, Monty, your friends, so we can do a company together. Well, the idea of like the old system was almost like the Tower of Babel idea, like get all the journalists together who are the best and all the money, and then you pay them the most, and we yeah. all go and say the problem is you never get to the top of what they imagine. Though, like they think at that point, ESPN, they're hoping. By the way, if you ever see the numbers projections these guys give, it could never work, mate. They do stuff like they'll tell, they'll promise they're going to get like three times more hits than they've ever gotten. Like that can't work. Like those numbers don't work, mate. It's like even even um, Jacob Wolf is one of the one of the more respected esports journalists across all esports, but um, he's he's publishing articles on Jacob Wolf report. Yeah, I think that's the future. You no, know, like yeah. it's, he's just doing his own thing. Um, what about you, Rich? What are your thoughts? And by the way, he's he knows he hasn't. I don't think said it explicitly because he for fairly obvious reason he's not just going to do esports. Like he knows he's seen the forest through the trees, and he knows like the angle he needs to take himself in, and. Yeah, I mean, I did an interview with him when he was talking about how he was setting up and he basically said eventually he's going to have to probably like have some content that's sort of paywalled, but he's going to make sure that it's super interesting and having people that he wouldn't normally be able to get. And then he's going to keep his credibility and everything by putting out the, you know, three, four big pieces a year, which he knows isn't necessarily going to make him money or whatever, but it's more about like keeping yourself propped up as a credible journalist while doing the stuff that also makes you money right so yeah uh, again he hasn't said it in so many words but he he knows what's up i mean i think basically esports journalism is just like an allegory for esports in general like the the biggest problem is that uh, i mean for inven for example like again as with many areas in esports in general it's just like not financially viable upcomer is obviously the most egregious example like the salaries they were paying like ridiculous and if you're going to do that by the way like, if you're going to sign like a marquee person just sign one like you don't need like to a certain mm. extent these people just overlap each other like it doesn't really make any sense to get like three fions right or the equivalent of fions and pay them all six figures like it's just absolutely you also notice by the way they do that thing at these sites where they even though they themselves are basing everything off numbers and stats they act when it comes to talent though like this like the numbers don't matter so for example they will actually act look i'm not i don't care if this offends anyone i have an enormous social media reach compared to like emily rand or something you might like an Emily Rand article better than me if you're an expert in League of Legends, of course. But that's the problem. Dude, they pay these people like they are Richard Lewis and me and Monte Cristo and these enormous... I even feel like that angle's a bit of a miss because the amount of people that get the six-figure salaries, dude, and it's like, look, I love them, but like, there's no way you can ever get an ROI on this. There's nothing. 
And yeah, as I said, the upcomers are most egregious because I, I think I can't remember where the guy was before, but he was at ESPN or he was at somewhere doing like the same role. And then he basically got given the reins and he was had investor money. He's doing oh, it. Colin McNeil, the, the score guy. Yeah. Okay. From the score. Uh, Colin yeah. McNeil. Yeah. He, this guy, was main editor of, of yes. That yes. Yeah. This guy has no excuse for not understanding all the things that are in play. He has no excuse at all. And he got it so wrong. Like, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like, Upcomer isn't failing, like, because the budget line's sort of tickering over and it's gone the way that it... Like, that he's so out of the water. It's ridiculous. He's probably 4x over what his spend should actually be. Oh, no and that's, doubt, conserv yeah. that's conservative, right? I, but I think in general, like, that fundamentally esports journalism is just a victim of our industry's own delusion of how big we are and how big we think esports is rather than how yes. big it actually is like i mean if you as an example if you were to run a website department like with a bunch of people that i don't know only reports on snooker or cricket and you're also competing against like a few other sites that are doing very similar shit to you then yeah it's probably going to fail because those sports simply aren't big enough to justify the structure that you put in place to report on them, right? But esports is in that realm. Like, if you look at the stats or whatever, like the actual people who want to read up about esports is nowhere near as big as these people think it is. They think because it's this thing that's coming over the horizon, like, whoa, watch out, here comes esports, that they're allowed to give these figures to VC companies that are just like Forex, Thorin said, whatever they actually ever produced up until now, and that that's a reasonable thing to do. It's like, no, you're cricket. You're not, and you're not cricket in India, by the way. Your cricket in the West. Like, there's just nowhere. You don't even have the pool of people who might like your stuff and haven't seen it, still isn't big enough to justify what you're doing. Even if every single one of them wanted to go on your website and dig on your site, it's still not enough. Like, esports is nowhere near big enough to have like six competing companies all doing esports journalism and paying people fat salaries. Like, it's just not at all. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it, again, it's as I said, it's kind of an allegory for esports in general. Where where, you know, it's this, it, you feel like it's this bubble that's going to burst and it can't possibly sustain itself in the same way that players are sort of massively overpaid in relative to what the income is. I mean, journalists, for some weird reason, in esports are as well. Um, I think you have to kind of split it into two sections. Obviously, someone like Richard Lewis, and again, this is something that I'm sure he won't be unique in as well, is obviously just very frustrated and has kind of, kind of grown to ha hate the scene that he used to find fun, right, in his own words. And I think as well, you can kind of inverse that a little bit on the fans' relationship with journalism. It's not just that it's frustrating that fans, you know, are, are dicks, basically, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. But honestly, most esports journalism sucks and it's fucking boring. Like, it just is. It's really boring. I'm not going to read, like, 90% of the articles that exist. And someone like, I don't know, Theon, for example, might write out a really well put together uh, you know, long up piece on on Rookie or Faker or something like that. But the people that are the kind of people that would read this shit are so neck deep anyway, they pretty much know everything he's going to write. Like he might have dug up some really interesting random stats that you weren't aware of, but I'm not going to watch Boxing with God, like talking about, I know every single thing that's happened in Faker's career because I'm a fucking esports nerd and we've all grown up with it. So the articles are literally just things of like, Here's a list of things about this person in a row that we already know. Which is why, by the way, that when like YouTube, good YouTube content gets put together, and when shows like this or discussion shows or whatever where people are giving hot takes and opinions and like 
live reactions or just after the fact reactions, they're way more popular because people care way more about seeing like a visual representation of someone's emotions about something than seeing the facts written down because we already know the fucking facts. And I think that's the that's the problem with a lot of this stuff. And as I said, 90% of the, the journalism is shit as well. So you've got this combination of most of it's shit. The one guy who like specifically is like full-on proper human journalist is leaving and now we're left with yeah a bunch of shit when it comes to written content so youtube's king upcomer didn't recognize that as well the one thing that i was surprised that upcomer actually did is they did actually get some momentum on some of their youtube shut shit they should have just all in on that like you know if you can do that and not turn into the score and just put out these horrible clickbaity thieving videos every second then great brilliant make that your cornerstone your centerpiece and by the way if you're doing videos like that and you're not featuring all these journalists you're paying shit loads of money uh to be in like in person get rid of them and just all in you've got the youtube momentum just all in on that but no they don't want to because they want to keep up the guise of being like we're real journalists no you're not just give in to what actually works it's youtube content live content video content is still real journalism by the way the guy that goes and stands in front of fucking buckingham palace and reports and what like that's that's not fake because it's a video it doesn't not cap that guy's a real journalist he went and he did his shit he went and researched he came and he's reporting back right in the same way that youtube content is so i think there's just a massive misallocation of resources in general we pay people way too much money and people are obsessed with like the prestige of being like oh i'm on i'm on the block like real journalists like scraping for like a hot quote it's like shut the fuck up no one reads esports articles everyone watches content recognize that that is not the future that's the fucking present but they don't i think that's also just goes to show the the media in which it's consumed like it's so much easier to watch a youtube video or like this i bet a bunch of people they're not sitting there full attention watching us and being like oh let's let's see what he's thinking what's, what's he doing now what's going on now you, like they have it in the background or they'll listen to it as a podcast or they'll be like oh it's nice you know rich has uploaded a new video i'll just chuck that on while i'm eating my porridge and mayo or something like you know they just that's just it's just so much easier to consume content in that way and, and written written content is kind of it's it's i mean i don't want to say it's archaic because it's you know there's there's still place for it but even if you just look at you know if, i don't know if you've ever ever commuted gotten like the train to london or anything like that me personally i live quite close to london so i'll go up there every now and then and and you know i, I see people who are obviously business people who are commuting there and way back when when i was younger god i guess <laughs> i wasn't even saying that but you know when i was like in, in my teens or something like maybe like let's say like 10 or 15 years ago um you'd see people going up there like you'd see newspapers all over the place you'd see people reading books uh now people are glued to their smartphones uh or they're listening to something or if it is a book it's like a kindle or something like times change it's just how it is like it's just it's just the thing that people consume nowadays like people are playing the games on their phone or they're watching film uh, videos or something like that like it's just what it is like and i just think maybe that's 
Maybe that's something. It's it's a bit ironic, I guess, esports. Oh, yeah. Rich actually nailed something there, though, that's actually like a nuance that I think people miss, which is basically, think about that. It's a depressing realisation, but the problem here is, as you say, so Fion is someone who obviously, like in League of Legends, he's trying to be like a super fan. He's like it's someone who's his whole life is the game, right? As, he's, as Rich says there, it's actually, believe it or not, going to be fairly unsatisfying for another super fan to read that article, because as Rich says, most of the notes you're going to hit aren't actually going to be super unique or some different angle it's just going to be doing a really good job of executing this big story that we all know here's the difference right that's the esports fans that we contact because we're right inside we're in the inner circle essentially even though if you're watching this you are just a pleb fan compared to normal fans so you're the hardcore you're the one percent of the one percent of the one percent which by the way that's of just general gaming as well so here's the problem when we in esports do content it's like that and so all you're going to do is go well most of it i sort of like but i knew anyway and i just don't like this one thing you didn't do whereas when the score esports makes their shoddily put together plagiarized version of my video they're not marketing to us though guys they're marketing to pleb general people like the kind of guy who watches the valorant video about tens is a guy who isn't following valorant esports he just plays valorant and he knows a little bit about maybe he watched a vct one time he's the guy who watches that so actually by the way the fact that it's not good and isn't in depth is a selling point it's actually a feature this is for a pleb who just wants to go like oh i heard about this guy Sounds cool. The reason why I know this works, by the way, I'll totally admit myself, is because I've made this mistake myself in real sports. So when the sports I didn't follow super, super close, like when I was getting into the NFL, I've clicked on loads of those secret base SB Nation videos that are the same thing. And I actually had to realize this this last year. Like, I'm not joking. I've had to stop clicking those videos because what I realized is, wait a minute, I'm the guy I hate in esports. I'm the mm -hmm. fan who clicks the shitty version of my video, but that they did, and half of the points are wrong. But because you don't know it, Enough. you don't know that it's bad so the premise is because i don't know the nfl in, in depth enough maybe for this video when i watched it i'm also thinking like oh now i know a little bit more about that place like i don't know fuck all for all i know this guy's some idiot the score guy because most of those guys aren't famous people they're just some intern guy as well so like that is just the unfortunately that's like the one successful vehicle people have found in the last sort of five to six years it's basically simple documentary content very loosely documents more like archival footage put together and the intention is to get them least informed person and just give them sort of one big 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 um what would you say like big picture topic as it were that they can just focus on like fears just won the major why didn't carrigan ever had one like it's just some simple line like that and then you just explore it so the problem with that if you notice is the kind of people that put their whole life into the game, that's not the content we want to make. We don't want to make content for the least informed people. Sadly, we want to have, like we all talk about, like lifers who would want to view this content, whereas I also get the vibe personally. Because these are video games, people aren't as serious about them as they are about like, even sport. Like, they don't really want to read a fucking super long article about that stuff. You have, like, it, there's even a trick to that where my content will make you think they do want to do it, but my own career will show you they don't. Because all you need to know is this, right? When someone like Rich first came into esports, all I did was written articles. I would just do, like, 5,000 word written articles about, like, Boxer in StarCraft or something, right? What I can tell you is this. Even then it had niche interest, because who reads a 5,000 word article? But the joke is this when i was just writing the 5000 articles i was known as a journalist but not in the wider space i wasn't a famous figure then when i started doing loads of on camera stuff i became really famous in esports so now rich they will actually pay me the most in the world to write a written article but it's because people only read it because it's Thorin's name it's not because the article people read it now to just go well but the bloody hell's even now so the joke is i've actually proven that the the con the quality of the content is irrelevant it's actually just about marketing and the market in this case is do you have a big name that can make you read the article even that's 
sun enough though. So all the old models are done as far as I can tell. They're yeah. all done. And just just one final like last anecdote on this I thought was really funny. And this sums up everything, right? And we'll talk about this a bit later as well. But people are so desperate for like esports to be somehow like more legitimized or compared to real sports or all this other kind of shit that there was a, a viral tweet like not an esports one just a general viral tweet on twitter which was saying me and my friend were having an argument he thinks that reading uh that uh me listening to a book on audio audible or whatever doesn't count as re having right. read the book do you guys yeah. think that it's reading or not and then there was a big poll and like the vast majority of the people thought it counted or whatever Someone from esports picked up on this and did their own poll, and the results were the opposite. They're like, "No, that doesn't count as reading. You didn't actually read it, though, did you?" Like, "No, you didn't actually." And this is this is how these people think, though. This is how like people who come into esports, and you know, as I said, I always say like LCS orgs. They always strike me as that they're like cosplaying business. You know, they're not actually. <laughs> they have meetings for the sake of meetings. They're like, "Can you be up at nine? Like, why? What the fuck are you doing at nine? It's like, well, that's when real businesses have meetings, don't they? Can you wear a suit to this meeting as well? What are we?" going to talk about uh, business stuff uh, make sure you're there at nine get there and it's just like how's everyone doing because guess what running an esports org especially if all of you are at home if you're upcoming something you don't fucking need to do anything really do you just be like how's that article coming along okay cool yeah that's about it but they're just so like in love with the idea that they're like doing real business, that they're a real company. It's just like the, that show called Suits where they're all walking around a nice yeah, fancy yeah. office. This is like their wet dream. So the well, idea yeah, that's that- That's even why some of these companies do also fail. Because sometimes these companies do try the approach of making you all yes. move to one place and go <laughs> to an office. And it's only for that reason, Rich. It's because people yeah. watch like that fucking show the newsroom and they just have a dream <laughs> that they're going to get to live that life. It's like in the modern day, it makes no sense for the margins for you all to be in a, living in San Francisco. Francisco in a bloody office, does it? Where we can have work on the internet in esports. Because yeah. I agree, the same premise is so alien. Like, that's where you know someone's like fulfilling some wish fulfillment. Not, it's not the new business. Yeah, they, they fucking love it. And then I, I'll say to someone, for example, like from an uh, LC, this is, by the way, it's like a huge difference between like the LCS and the LEC. I'll just talk colloquially with someone on Discord, even in chat or whatever. Like, I don't give a fuck. He's not going to screenshot it, is he? And just say like, hey, how's this? Oh, you wanted this number back. Like, this is what the number we want, blah, blah, blah. If I speak to an LCS uh, person, he'll be like, hmm, yes, let me add you to my... And then 10 minutes later, I get a Google Hangout uh, email, yeah. which has like seven people CC. And he's like, hey, Richard, meet uh, Leanne. She is our liaison officer. And she'll... it's like, what the fuck are we doing, man? I just want to ring you right now on Discord if you're not doing anything, which I know you're not because you're putting tweets on about how you've just watched Stranger Things. Like, let's just have a fucking five-minute conversation and get this over with. But no, I have to go through the fucking... Again, the guys that we're pretending that we're actual real business people. Like, esports is a casual thing, guys like yes there are jobs and monies to be made whatever if you you know you're a bit savvy about these things but come on man like just kids on pcs aren't we really it's not that <laughs> fucking deep like jesus christ man i think that also one of the reasons i have a sneak suspicion one of the reasons esports or just well, yeah, yeah esports organizations and, and like journalists and, and, and content houses and stuff like that one of the reasons why they they force so many like like real business things into into their into their company exactly as you're saying they're rich is so that they appeal more attractive to investors like they, they can justify oh yeah we need this money we've got an office in san francisco we've you know that that 
Maybe I think that's 100%. a conspiracy theory, but I think that's... No, 100%. Yeah, to tie it back into the original point, I even think that's why also fans always cheer on these projects when they get announced. Yes. Because they also have the same stupid mentality of like, but if there's a huge site that I know has got lots of money and big writers, then this must finally be a real sport. Oh, my validation is coming in. It's like, that's not really relevant. Like, because the medium's so different, the joke is my career invalidates that. Like, yeah, some guy who's just some boomer from the northeast of England can have a YouTube channel and be outperforming <laughs> your fucking million of dollars VC website that has someone literally getting paid a king's ransom to go and is there enough blacks here though but about gays like what what fucking industry is this guys it's just stupid at this point in time isn't it come on alright let's uh, move on to our next topic of uh, of the day here it's uh, we're, we're sticking with good old good old esports organisations and it's 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 our favourite one here let's talk about TSM never um, ends with TSM does it, it never ends no. with TSM absolutely <laughs> and thank goodness for it because if it did we'd all be out of a job haven't they actually been about like it feels like they've been like a solid quarter of the topics on this short load and we're only on like episode 9 or something right like fucking hell yeah. the thing is I have, I have like a short list of, of stuff or whatever and I was just like oh TSM and I'm like nah. and then yeah. I look at the other things I'm like nah but I have to man like they literally okay. hired the same fucking loft like come on yeah. what am I meant to do what am I meant to do it is it is yes. and uh, as as Rich mentioned the uh, the story of the week this time with TSM is the law firm that oversaw Reggie's <laughs> investigation at TSM for uh. unlawful workplace interactions with his employees. Basically, the professional official is Reggie a dickhead investigation. It was the same law firm that they are using or that they did use to represent themselves in a wrongful termination case. So essentially, they've hired the law firm that they use for their own best interests to research whether or not they did any wrongdoing. Um, and uh, yeah, Jacob, Jacob Wolf has, has uh, announced this. He's, he's done his research and, and said this is a thing. And I want to know what, what you guys think about this. Now, Rich, will you link this article? Do you, do you link articles and stuff like that in the description when the things we're talking about? Like, can you li uh, link the Jacob Wolf article yeah, yeah. in the description of the thing? Because okay. I think this is... It's a little more... I, I read it and I think it's a little more nuanced than this sounds because I know you two are going to rip into this. I'll give my opinion afterwards. Um, but it is... It's... Yeah, if anything else, the optics are not ideal. But, uh, Rich, I will, I'll get, get you to start on this one. What do you think about this and uh, TSM... Yeah, just just take it away. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch that angle. Like, I'll let. I'll let you get in, into that afterwards. But what I would say, just as a sort of more holistic point, is even if it's kind of like, well, really, you know, it's not actually that much of a conflict because X, Y, and Z. Like, your job as being head honcho of TSM is to control optics. Like, that mm -hmm. is a part of it. So I don't give a fuck if it's like there was only one person involved, and actually, since that person has left the company, and blah blah blah. If anything can connect the two law firms like you shouldn't even be they shouldn't you shouldn't be near the building like metaphorically like you just shouldn't so optically like this is on reggie regardless of you know how nefarious or not it was right i mean my bottom line here is like i'm never so i mean generally speaking i try not to make a habit of like you know calling for people's jobs or whatever i might go really fucking hard on someone for like a multitude of different reasons but generally i try not to make a habit of like you know saying you should be fired or whatever but, you know, as a fan, as everyone knows that I am, because I am the mm, proud owner of a jersey. TSM jersey, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's always been Bay life for me, baby. Um, 
But, I mean, as actual TSM fans, surely they must be now reaching the point where they're just thinking, just get him out. Just get him, get him as far away from the fucking TSM headquarters as possible. Like, this just cannot continue. Like, it's absurd. And when you think the story's over, like, okay, people are memeing, like, oh my God, he paid to have himself investigate, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's funny. And it's really fucking bad. But you're thinking, well, that's that chapter over. Another bad chapter for TSM in the books. No, it's not. It's not even over because he's apparently used the same fucking company to cover his ass. And even if he hasn't, or if it's not that simple, it doesn't matter because that's what it fucking looks like. Like, how are you allowing this to happen? Like, from an investor perspective, surely you're thinking of ways that you can smoothly, like, maneuver this guy away from the day-to-day. -day. This guy cannot be anywhere near the day-to-day. -day. Like, make him some superficial ambassador of TSM or do whatever it is you have to do. But you have to get this guy away like you just have to like he cannot keep being involved as for if anyone like you know what should happen or whatever like what i mean what can you say like not nothing really like from a right perspective should they do anything i mean they're doing their own investigation but i, I think it's difficult with this stuff i mean tsm's still a huge brand obviously from their perspective regardless of if reggie's there or not you know lcs has been sort of declining in viewership a bit as well by the way slight slight side tangent very quickly that thing that got put on reddit about how lec had like third year in a row of declining viewership it was literally just wrong, by the way. I don't know if any of you people have actually bothered to go and look at the statistics. It was literally just wrong. And even if you didn't know it was wrong, just offhand or because you looked at the stats or whatever, you should know that that is, has to be literally impossible because oh, we, it we covered COVID years. You think sure. your viewers that went down in, during mm -hmm. COVID? Are you mental? Was so like just lied. They fucked up the stat? Like, why did they get the stat wrong? Yeah, so the thing, the, the annoying thing is I went to check it back today and the way that the threads been removed because it got removed and the reason by the way for it being removed was like this looks like fake news basically uh that i couldn't see the link or anything like maybe it's still there or whatever i couldn't find it so i couldn't get back onto it but i mean the stats were just wrong i just read some of the stats that were, that were provided and they were incorrect like i double checked them with the actual api stats and they were literally just wrong um but even if they as i said even if they weren't wrong anyone claiming that viewership went down during covid for pretty much anything barring extreme circumstances like just so bizarre yeah. but anyway lcs has been declining for quite some time i think it's fair to say tsm obviously have a lot of cachet still if lcs um and you know but but what i would say is technically you know if more and more of these things keep happening which you can never rule out with tsm there are clauses in the partnership agreement where if you bring the league into sufficient disrepute, you can just unilaterally be removed. Like you can just they riot riot and right now, based on the contract, would be in their rights to remove TSM if they wanted to. Very cleanly they could remove TSM. Like absolutely. On two accounts, by the way, they're in danger. The other one is there's a very specific clause in the contract which says that if you're bottom three in the league three times in a row then actually your slot automatically goes into review. That doesn't mean you're going to get kicked or anything like that, but it it, it literally triggers an automatic review. And if I'm a betting man, I mean, if I would probably guess that TSM will be bottom three this split. And would they be bottom three next split? I mean, probably 50. Probably not next, if we're being real. But prob the there's a chance though, right? Like they, impossible, yeah, sure. But that would be so funny. I mean, obviously they would probably wouldn't get kids out of the league, but if they triggered that clause alone, that'd be fucking hilarious. So yeah, I mean, I as I said, to me... I'm not calling for the guy's job or to leave TSM or anything, but I just think that this is such a... It, it just cannot be allowed to continue. Like, these things cannot keep happening. It's just absolutely fucking mental. And 
as for the lawsuit thing, as I said, no matter to what extent, it's like, because I, I don't know the fine details, if there's different lawyers handling it. Or, to it in a second, basically. Yeah. That's half the shit, but yeah, keep going. But if there's people who, you know, different departments, nothing to do with each other, it doesn't matter. Like, as I said, your job as the main man is to avoid controversy apart from anything else. And you were just dragging TSM through the mud constantly back and forth, like fucking, yeah, double-sided plated toilet paper wiping your ass. Like it's unbelievable. Just, just it has it. They have to do something with Reggie. They have to. It, this can't be allowed to continue. Yeah, Thorin, I want, uh, I want to hear what you think about it. So basically, as Foxstop implied there, because I wondered why he said it in that really cryptic way. So I read the article while Rich was talking, basically. I know what he means now. I have to say, first and foremost, I'm actually going to call out Jacob Wolf now. I actually think this title is clickbait. And here's the thing, right? I don't have a problem with the idea. Like, here's the thing. I don't consider clickbait negative in the sense of, like, you just tricked me to click it. It's like the, the key word is if you trick them. The fact that they wanted to click is fine. Like, if you just put something appealing or you put something sensational, but it's legitimately what the, the piece contains, but then that's just good marketing. That's just the way marketing works. Clickbait for me is this. It's where you trick them. In fact, trickbait, by the way, would be, or trick click would be a way better fucking yeah. name for you to do. I, what my problem is essentially would be this. Say I had a title of a, article right and the article was like humanoid and then it was like a quote and the quote was we were better than g2 in the lec playoffs right if then i go to the article and the real quote is we were better than g2 in the lec playoffs but then after like a comma it says like hypothetically you know if you're looking at the roster on paper but obviously g2 was a much better player team in the games and the th like actually that gives the opposite in that actually gives the opposite sentiment to what your headline tried to imply so here's my problem basically rich is right this is a very key detail i want people to understand because people often get wrong when they accuse people of lying right when someone lies, it is not at all that they are just wrong. Someone can be wrong and they're absolutely not a liar. Lying, lying involves a, an intention to deceive. You want the other person to take a different perspective or like read on what you're talking about away from what you say. So my issue here is this. The headline of this article goes like this. It says, law firm that oversaw in like... Not even in quotation marks, just like single quotation marks. What law, law firm that oversaw Reginald investigation at TSM is also serving as defense attorneys in wrongful termination case. Now, here's the problem. I'm even a veteran in the industry, and the way I would read that headline is this. They were the ones who did the investigation, and now they're also his defense lawyer. So everyone's going to see that and go, what the fuck? That's an obvious comment. Now, the reason why, Rich, they've put oversaw is because when you read further down, apparently the person who's the defense lawyer was just sort of like, he just oversaw the investigation. He didn't conduct the investigation. He was just like one of the liaison points, it appears, and he just sort of messaged the person who did do the investigation, like, you know, have you done it or whatever. Like, he wasn't even, like, telling them what to do, etc. So the problem with that is I do think that headline is intended to make you think what i just said that it's like oh my god they've just hired the same people as far as i can tell that's a non-story that is not at all what happens in this article anyway that to one side because i do think that's a little bit i think that's i think that's over the line jacob wolf sort your shit out mate you never find that in my work but that way here's what i will say though 
I agree with Rich's take completely. The mad angle of this is this is how you know people in esports aren't adults and they don't know anything about the real world, right? Has anyone ever seen any of the movies that have, there's been loads of them made about Steve Jobs' life? Because a very famous thing that happened in Steve Jobs' career that's happened to loads of businessmen goes like this. You build a company and it becomes incredibly successful. So, of course, you cash out because you don't want to have to be there for 50 years and go through the ups and downs. You cash out as soon as you can, so you get your money. But the best thing about these sorts of jobs where you've made a startup is they always offer you can stay on of course since it's your company so what they do is they buy you out you get all that money you have some equity you've got some equity in the company and they give you an amazing salary and you know what the best news of all you're doing the same job you're just on salary now but what happened to steve jobs happens to tons of people is that now you the reason you've been cashed out and you've got your money is you don't own that company anymore now the fucking board owns that company and because the board owns that company even if you are motherfucking steve jobs and it's apple and it may as well be called the steve jobs company if they think you are now a danger to those profits and their fucking equity they will vote no confidence and you will be fired from your job and replaced as the ceo ceo or whatever job you have so what i'm actually amazed by is that this discussion is only happening on this show because i have to say right Right. The days have gone where, like, Reginald directly through his own, like, tweet sort of led the PR angle. He's not even really doing that stuff. In fact, he, not, he tends to only communicate with the public now because of these four parts <laughs> as mayor culpers and official statements. So the joke now would be this. If you are actually someone on the board or an investor in TSM, why would you want Reginald actually making decisions anymore? You would only want him as, like, a fucking temporary figurehead a la Heaton in NIP, if people know that uh, uh, reference. You just want him, like, a associated so we still got reggie and beer life but you don't want him having any of the levers of power you don't want him making any fucking statements you want him just essentially like david beckham with the guild fuckers like he's a sort we, we get only the upside and we get none of the down like the joke there would be <laughs> even if david beckham you have not esports you wouldn't want him making any fucking decisions would you you wouldn't want this cunt deciding whether he wants fucking sausages or beans as a side like he'd fuck it up wouldn't he he'd pick nails or something and then wreck himself so my problem is this i can't believe they haven't yet just told reginald you are being taken out of this position like you could this cannot continue this way we have given you millions of dollars you cannot put this at risk because these now like this is the same fucking story and we've had about five big fucking like headline level stories that just make tsm look like clowns every time and you'll notice there's never actually a vindication in any of these stories because for example like the other one was just like yeah he's a dickhead but nothing illegal it's like how does that help your image in esports <laughs> like yeah oh you know they're investigating themselves again in the re like in the legal world yeah legit but like in the real world it doesn't gain you anything like now if anything people think you did a fake investigation it's the opposite of what you hope to get it's not that they think there's more being done they think actually this is like your way of avoiding transparency so i think the entire thing's filled from TSM. This just shows, by the way, what I always knew, which is, spoiler, they weren't really geniuses. They weren't Vince McMahon. They didn't figure out how to be the anti-hero and succeed. They were just shit at being the heroes, and they're bad people, fundamentally. Lena, fucking Reginald, that they're just bad at being heroes. And so, luckily, they won a bunch, because when you win a bunch, you can still get the fans. But I think they have totally fucked their identity as an org. Like, the real reason I know they're not smart is because they don't even know how to, like, 
do the heel angle from wrestling when you are bad. Like, the joke now, by the way, is when my team's at the bottom of the league, I would be pumping out tons of content. I'd be doing tons of angles to make people still watch the games or hate us or care about tuning in or if we want one game blowing it up. They don't do any of that. Like, essentially, as far as I can tell, TSM is like... A, it's almost like this it, This may as well not even just be a case about Reginald. This is almost like the fucking... The, the trial of the soul of TSM. Like, what is TSM, essentially, is what we're asking. At the moment, who the fuck knows? Because as far as I can tell, it should just become a cynical face clan type business where you just use all the massive appeal and the properties, but they're still linking it to that whole Reginald. I don't know why Reginald's still involved in this, essentially. Yeah. Even from his side, I don't know. I don't know what he gets out of it now, mate. He just takes an L to the face every two months, it feels like. Just before Fox makes his, uh, makes his point, just to kind of frame this as well for people that forget, FTX invested... Maybe not in literal liquid equity, but they are hundreds of millions deep in TSM. There was a crypto, massive crypto crash, and now crypto is in a huge bear market at the moment. So obviously a huge company like FTX, where that's their sole business model, basically, outside of these investments, right, is hurting, is bleeding. And you've got this absolute clown Reginald parading around being a like what are we doing like how has he not been removed or it's unbelievable it's just like oh scandal oh scandal we just invested hundreds of millions you don't actually we don't actually need you to do anything now like the days of you inserting yourself because the team started badly and now you're like the quasi coach are gone you don't do that you don't tweet you don't do anything you're literally as Lauren said the only time we ever hear from this fucker is when he's apologizing on twitter it's unbelievable like there have now been hundreds of millions serious proper real companies like invested in you and you're not doing anything anyway like just be an ambassador even that like i'm not sure you can trust a guy like you have to physically move this person away from interacting with humans on a daily basis like you literally need to just get rid of this guy essentially but you know you don't again you don't need to do a public execution he can still be around he can show up to the christmas party maybe probably don't give him too many drinks maybe you know food and the drink tickets for that one don't want an open bar and that clown but seriously like you just it can't be allowed to continue like it's it's so insane and the thing is if you take tsm if you take reggie away from tsm and they start to like mildly short sort their shit out we're not going to have anything to talk about with regards to tsm <laughs> like seriously like they they it's salvageable but just salvage it so here's here's this is interesting why i want to piggyback off of what you both said there is in the previous topic we were talking about how esports organizations didn't need to be the whole kind of like business whatever like start 9 a.m linking 10 different people when you have a question and, and blah, blah 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 i feel like moving on from from the head as you're as you're suggesting is something that's more common in, in the in the traditional business sense whereas as you as you just said Without Reginald doing these things, we're not talking about TSM because they're not a good League of Legends team anymore. And honestly, I feel like in esports that, that there's value to that. You know, no such thing as bad press and whatnot. Like it, you see it with streamers all the time, content creators, obviously, which is a realm I'm more familiar with. It's the dickheads who are just constantly doing things that are getting them in trouble. That you know, rescue one live stream fails. Whoever gets on there, yeah, right? Literally, like it's. I, I don't necessarily think this is strictly a bad thing when you get thing people talking about 
TSM like this. Um, the problem is, as, as Sorin said, I think that kind of only works if you're winning. Like the thing is, TSM such a dumpster fire. Like if they were the if they were like the Mayweather angle, right, where it's like they're at the top, they're challenging, they've won you know back to back titles or whatever, and there's a bunch of cunts involved, then that is like the perfect <laughs> mix of like regular controversy mixed with the fact that they're winning and that on the one side you've got the screeching fans saying TSM on the other side you've got the people that want to watch because they hate them blah 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 I don't think anything they're doing now is like linked to shirt sales I think it's just face palming and if you actually go on like the TSM subreddit which by the way probably don't do that but if you do it actually recently it is they have kind of come full circle where they're like this is actually fucking embarrassing i'm embarrassed you know, to be a Rich. tsm fan here's how you know that they that people like lean and reggie never were geniuses who understood like marketing I mean, they all try to pretend now that they did all this intentionally right which by the way is ridiculous that would be like me trying to pretend i like intentionally did all that fucking poll and shit years ago like oh it's all like 200 like you obviously it wasn't right here's how you know rich because i'll give you an, an angle that would have been so easy to get enormous fan discussion about your new roster in TSM, right? Bearing in mind, Red Bjergsen just cocked you and left your team to go to your rival. You've just signed the guy who used to fucking tool him internationally regularly for years. I would have done that video. I would be like, Bjergsen's gone, but we've got the guy who used to bully Bjergsen. I'd have like all the fucking clips. Like, dude, can you imagine? Because if you're a TSM fan then... Even if you like Bergson or you don't, that's going to be an enormous fucking discussion. That would be such a pop moment if you do the WWE angle. That would be in yeah. fucking insane, wouldn't it? Like they didn't even do that. They just, yeah. in fact, when they got when they got the Maple guy, where are they from? These announcements, like they just joined the team now. This is so bizarre. It's so bizarre. This is a massive sports. Team. But as you said, it's because they never wanted it. to be the anti-hero. Oh, they no, just, God. they're just so fucking incompetent that people dislike them anyway. Like it's not even like a villain angle. It's just a incompetence and potentially bad human angle like <laughs> for people who don't know if you ever actually met reginald you'd be so underwhelmed because you're all thinking he's either some evil mastermind or he's just like some like total piece of shit psychopath he's just a boring idiot like when i did an interview with him which he literally had to beg me and to do with him right because he was i was his enemy at the time when we finished the whole interview he just said like could i just do that again and i thought he meant like what that last answer he's like no the whole thing i was like there's still a one hour interview and he was like yeah but like you know i'm not like good at talking of that and i'm listen i'm such a fucking g i'll let this cunt do it again but like mate i remember thinking like what are you talking about you've been in this industry like 10 years i wouldn't let half the fucking players do that in that case i just did it because i thought i feel bad if someone really thinks they don't know what they're fucking saying and said all this nonsense so if you actually knew it's so underwhelming guys he's not he's not some fucking mastermind he's just a fucking idiot <laughs> just an idiot that's all the, the point I wanted to make uh, at the beginning when introduced Yeah, come topic, on. Um, it back. Honestly, it was, it was, you basically covered it. Throwing, so like, when I read the article, it sounds like, you know, TSM have these, have their like pocket law firm. And when they needed an investigation done, they're like, how the fuck do we do that? So they contact their pocket law firm who then organizes, okay, so we're going to go to these people. These people are going to investigate you and then we'll relay it between right and stuff. You know, that's what it, that's what it felt like when I read the article. So it didn't necessarily feel like, oh, we need investigating. Here's our pocket law firm. Investigate us and tell us we've done nothing wrong. You know, that was more, that was more the vibe I got because as, as you mentioned, Thorin, I think that the, the, the heading, the, the headline of the article does imply more that, that, almost like TSM investigate themselves and found no wrongdoing, you know, like, which I, th I think is a little bit disingenuous for what the uh, content of the article 
would suggest. Just by the way, just because this is where people are going to get lost, because I'm saying this because I'm from within the... I've written fucking more headlines than Jacob Wolf ever wrote. I, I've forgotten more headlines than he'll ever write in his fucking career. So here's the reason why Foxtrot, I can call him out like that. Because technically, he is totally correct. Like, if you look at the phrasing, nothing he said's wrong there. They did mm. just oversee it. But this would be the question, Jacob. Why is that the headline then, mate? If that's just a boring detail, like they just so happened to liaise with the person in a separate case. Well, why is that the relevant headline then? It's the headline because if someone was to misinterpret it, there's all your clicks right there. In fact, I was looking. I can't find the Reddit thread. It was a few days ago. I would guarantee if I could find whatever Legal Legends Reddit thread. I bet all the comments are people just looking at the headline and going, lol, TSM, a conflict of interest again. I bet nobody's gone and looked at that detail, man. I bet that's like buried on like fucking the 40th comment with two down votes or something, you know, like. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. But sadly, like this story, as you say, like, Every every sentence you read after the headline, it gets less sexy, doesn't it? It's like all the fucking yeah. air gets so. Because at first you think like fucking hell, they're like, no, oh, that's sweet. It's ah, the opposite of a sexy, that bad, is it? it? Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, yeah the more you get into it, the less sexy it gets. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, as I, as I said though, the re the reason why I think it's still like a sort of a, a big talking point is because, as I said, it's an accumulative thing, and also when you're in when your when your role is being head of the company, you are head of optics. Like, like you should be in control of these things and even if it's something really small like even if it so happens that i don't know you're also just as a stupid example like you're i don't know you're dating a low level employee uh, employee there you probably wouldn't want the world to know that right like you probably want to yeah. make your personal and business decisions in a way where you being responsible for this company which people have invested literally hundreds of millions in is not in jeopardy like that should be at the forefront of your mind and however as i said at the very start however nefarious it might be or not be it doesn't really matter because as you just said, how many of the people who read the article, who actually read the article, who saw the headline? So it becomes irrelevant in a way because it's about the reputation of your company and it's fucked regardless. Yes. I mean, by the way, that's probably the bigger deal. Even though the story wasn't, like we said, that he just hired the same company because they found him not guilty of the investigation. The joke is this, though, Foxtrop. Even your own fans absolutely think that would just be par for the course if that really was what just happened. Like Rich just said, essentially, even yeah. though it's wrong, the headline, like even TSM fans are just sort of like, yeah, I guess they would probably just hire their own company. Like the joke is that's how all the fucking stocks dropped in terms of reputation for TSM now. Like they're basically, here's what would be a fun game. Obviously not for this episode, but you could do it on any other show. Try and generate a headline from TSM that would be ridiculous. Like they're at the point now where it's like the fucking National Enquirer line. Like I don't know what they could say that would be that ridiculous. Like if the headline tomorrow, Rich, was like, Reginald reveals he actually had a child with Dyrus's ex. Like, it'd be real. It could just be real. Who the fuck knows? Like, that's Make not even do headlines. None of these are crazy to me anymore. Yeah, basically, see which one is the fake one? Yeah, that, that would be a good one, by the way. In like five yeah. years, take like three, two real headlines and one fake, and then try and trick people for which. Yeah, they, they, they've they've find an outrageously phrased one. Yeah. They've fucked it for the Onion, haven't they? Like, they can't yes. write. Yeah. They can't write anything <laughs> that's gonna pass. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on from TSM, give them a little bit of break and uh, turn our gaze to another North American uh, esports organization, Dignitas, uh, who recently posted a tweet implying that mobile gaming wasn't real gaming. It was just a little meme tweet, two figures, PC gamers, console gamers, shaking hands, mobile games aren't real. Uh, that was that, uh, but it caused a bit, of a bit of a stir on Twitter, a bit of a hoo-ha about it, and uh, Dignitas had to delete the tweet and apologize and all that lovely business. Um, I just want to get your opinion on mobile gaming. What do you think about it? Do you think it's real gaming? 
uh, because obviously like Mobile Legends is huge, PUBG Mo Mobile is huge. Um, I remember Arena Valor was massive back in back in the thing as well. Like there's a lot of big mobile titles out there as well, even with Wild Rift coming up uh, as well. Uh, yeah, mobile gaming is it real gaming? What do you think about it? It's like a overall kind of esport optics and stuff like that. Uh, I'll start with you, Rich, on this one. See, some people might think this is like a slightly odd topic or like a topic with like not that much direction, but I actually think this is a really big picture thing which is going to slap everyone in the face like sooner rather than later. First of all, by the way, just as an aside, deleting tweets is usually pretty pathetic. And I think in this scenario, if you're Dignitas, why would you delete the tweet? Like, just, first of all, if you want to apologise, which I don't think you should in this case, apologising is better than deleting the tweet, at least. Leave the tweet, but better yet, just like... the reply. You yeah. also, by the way, low key, if you know the way the internet works, you want people to keep mistakenly yes. seeing the first tweet and replying to it. Yeah, exactly. Point. Leave yeah. the tweet and then yes. get all the farm from that and then meme an apology. Do an apology, which is, might actually be an apology, but for example, this is what you do, right? That meme of like the two people shaking hands and saying like console community, PC gaming, and then the headline is agreeing that mobile isn't gaming. You do the other meme, don't you? Where the third arm comes in and mobile gaming and then you put whatever like accepting mobile gaming or welcome to the team brother or like whatever. Boom, you win. You win the internet because you farm everything from the controversy. You do a kind of apology, which people can't really be mad about because the whole thing was lighthearted anyway. So you respond in the same manner. No one could be critical of that. You were consistent boom deleting the tweet and apologizing like come on but i mean i expect no less from dignitas that organization is just absolutely fucking pathetic since Odie left um but anyway what i would say in general like about mobile gaming like instinctively i'd have probably said in the past like no i don't personally really consider mobile gaming as like real esports like generally speaking but it pretty much has objectively moved beyond that now. Like, not necessarily in the West, but, like, as Foxtrop alluded to, like, two of the five most popular games, like, just in, in terms of esports styles, are mobile games. That weird thing that's basically League of Legends for mobile, basically. Not Wild Rift. I think it's, like, some Eastern thing. And PUBG Mobile, which is bigger than fucking normal PUBG. Like, it's more popular than normal PUBG. Um, and I think in there lies the issue here or however maybe it's not an issue maybe whatever for me it's kind of an issue because the idea of mobile gaming becoming like really big is a bit i don't know i i don't know what it is there's just something innate in me where i'm like uh do i really want like the biggest games to be mobile games but here's the thing every cunt has a mobile phone don't they and this might be some really blatantly obvious you know, uh, statement that everyone's like fully aware of. But the thing is, if PUBG exists, and PUBG, by the way, in its prime, was the most popular Steam game ever, I think. Like, I think it had the highest peaks ever of average concurrent players. The mobile version of that game, which is exactly the same but worse, by the way, just exactly the same game but shittier graphics and whatever so it can run on a mobile, is more popular than that. And that doesn't tell you anything about which is the better game. It tells you only one thing, which is people have mobile phones and also I guess those two things and that a lot of them like playing games on them. So I think the thing is, and this might seem like a hot take to begin with, but I think in actuality, because of the statistics around it, it's not really a hot take, is that in five years, if I have to guess, have to guess, I would say that two of the three biggest esports titles will actually be mobile games and in the West as well. Because keep in mind that a lot of these statistics are coming from the East and shit, which is why these stats are like 
a bit misleading when we're talking about them because it's like oh, i don't know anyone who plays pubg mobile it's like yeah probably because the cunts in fucking china or whatever right but i actually think that this will become a much bigger thing just purely on the basis of access and the fact that these things are already kind of like proven kind of i mean pubg is on like its fourth year in the in a row of having like five million dollar prize pool like world championships and they're not slowing down like the events just seem to be getting bigger and more supported and i don't really know why beyond what i've said in terms of the technicality of people having phones and so on but i think it is just the idea that i mean as fox said like 10 years ago you go on a, a train people reading newspapers or whatever go on a train now everyone's got their phone in their hand doing something different listening to podcasts watching something playing fucking candy crush i guess in india and places like that they're playing fucking pubg mobile like i don't know i think that that is actually in a weird way going to be a big part of the esports future um, and I'm not necessarily thrilled about it because it's not really something that intrinsically appeals to me. Apart from anything else, I find the idea of playing like a proper game on a mobile really jarring. Like, mm. I don't know, it's just not comfortable. It feels weird. Like having fake joysticks as like part of a touchscreen. Like, nah, like get me out. I'm, I'm not interested. But I actually kind of think it's inevitable. Like, I, I, I think that phones are going to become more powerful as well, obviously, as time goes on. You've already got like octo-core fucking telephones, right? So... Yeah, I mean, PUBG, is it eSports? Uh, it will be. If it's not already, it will be. So, yeah, I don't know. And the other thing as well is like, and something I want to ask Thorin off, off the bat as well, is uh, if he'll ever, could he ever imagine covering it? Like, if it does become that big, like, could you actually envisage yourself doing like, like a show series or something where you're actually covering a mobile game that's an eSport? Like, could you ever envisage that? Okay. I'll start there, actually, because I will say, like, I know what you mean. Like, it sounds like a laughable premise, but you have yeah. to understand, if you actually asked me in, like, 2008, like, would you ever cover that Dota game? I would tell you, get the fuck out my face, because basically that was like saying, you know, Warcraft 3? Imagine just a, a way less skilled version of that. Like, we can't just walk, cover Warcraft 3. No, in the future, there'll only be the, the sort of mod version. Like, obviously, I would have said no to that. So probably not, as in... Basically, I doubt I could love the game. If you haven't noticed, the games are like tend to be very, very difficult games. If people don't know, I'm like that as a person. Like in real life, it's not a joke. I would rather watch snooker than watch football. Like I know it's a super in-depth sport, but just my shit. I like really, really hard sports basically. So by default, I'm not really drawn to these sort of super casual angles. The problem basically is there's two ways of answering this. One is as Rich said, if you want to just talk about like esports as a business in the industry it's it's inevitable that they are part of esports and will be as he says an enormous part crucially because of other parts of the world like this is one area that westerners still won't get this say we're doing this hypothetical you've all brought up multiple times i go into a train in england let's say it's the train from newcastle to london or something famous line that people go on every day here's the difference though if i see someone playing games on their phone it's going to be not as ridiculous as snake but it's going to be a simplistic it's going to be a candy crush type game yeah. or <laughs> some, of, some of that just basically whatever the popular games on the app are right here's the difference even in 2014 when i would be in korea and i would go onto the subway every single subway stops worth of 
travel, they will have a commercial on the t the screens in the subway because they actually have TV screens in there, believe it or not. There will be commercials for games on your mobile phone because everyone on there is on a mobile phone. And here's the difference. The game isn't a simplistic snake Candy Crush game. It'll be like a dungeon crawl game. You'll be playing some like Ari looking character, beating 10 shades of shit out of all demons, doing all combos. And it'll literally be like the meme of like combo times X 1000 and yeah. you're just killing a big boss from it. And the whole premise, right, is if people don't know, this is why manga became enormous in Asia as well. Because so many people have a, t a 15 to 20 minute commute on a tr subway where you were sat in a seat. So what they had is they had to have something that you could just do for 10 minutes. So you can read a manga book in about 10, 15 minutes, can't you? So but that's what people would do. Same as now people are on their phone. So what happens is in the modern day, people play tons of games there. And as Rich said, especially in places like India where people don't have the PC, it's going to be the, the thing in the future. In the same way as in Asia, generally, it was about the land cafe as the middleman to get you in the game. The mobile's obviously going to take that place, isn't it? Like, you won't need the land cafe in the future because everyone will have a phone and the phone itself, it'll also, by the way, if you look at the tech upgrades, like, in the same way as now, every old console from when we were a kid, you can just get a handheld version. It's going to be like that with games. Like, as much as Rich says, like, the PUBG version's worse. In about five years, you'll just be able to run the real PUBG probably on that bloody phone at that point. It'll be that next level, won't it? So here's the problem. That's all to say, that's not for me, though. If you ask me personally, and I think the reason this is a key I set it up this way is this gets to the heart of where Dignitas failed, right? The real premise of the joke they made that mobile gaming is not real gaming plays on probably the most famous game-related meme in the history of gaming, which is the PC Master Race meme. And it's the idea that, forget mobile, people who are PC players don't even acknowledge console gamers as real gamers so as a result by the way that means those of us who played counter-strike if you play cod and you're a pro but you have a joystick in your hand you ain't a pro towards you ain't esports and by the way that even works the other way around like famously fighting games said they weren't esports they didn't want to be considered that they wanted to be their own shit so my problem is one that's obviously inherently a joke like, it's basically just saying, I prefer PCs. And since I don't play consoles, you're sort of a, a loser, aren't you? That's just the meme, isn't it? So, one, I don't know why that would be a big deal. That's an obvious classic meme. But if anything, that just shows how shit the internet is now, that that's now, like, you can't say a PC master is anymore. Otherwise, it might be, like, controversial. Like, it's a fucking... It's a joke. It's just a simple meme. And then the other angle, though, it's a more serious point is, though, if you actually take that premise... Listen, that's who I am as a person. I don't view these as, like, legit games. I think League of Legends is barely an eSports game. Like, it barely meets the threshold of, like, difficult enough, enough skill expression, like, can't just be wrecked by the game being tweaked by the developer. I think it's I think it's barely on the line itself. I often say the things I like about League of Legends is actually things that aren't about the game. It's things like the whole world plays it, and it's massively played in Korea, and it's got amazing infrastructure and investment, and obviously interest from fans so as enough viewers. It's, these are the things that I find interesting, because they make it a spectacle they make it more than just the game itself so my problem is basically no to me mobile gaming will never be real gaming it's just a bunch of shite on phones like I've, the problem i essentially see is this you obviously could if you were some sort of genius like miyamoto character make a mobile phone be an amazing handheld device that would control it but i, I think that essentially would go against the premise of what we've just said of why it's going to become huge it's going to be another way to get even more casual people who don't even now need to have a keyboard and a mouse and a pc it's if, you ever, if you've ever played the League of Legends clones that like you were saying, Arena of Valor, right? It basically is just an even more simplistic version of League of Legends. In fact, that's even, I'd say, 
the feature. That's not that's not the bad part. It would actually be a worse game, Rich, if they could control it to the same degree you can on your PC. What makes it a better game is because it's so simplistic, the moving and hitting the buttons, it means that the game also isn't that hard. Like, when you play it, you're not having some rookie motherfucker, like, outplay all four of you. It's super simplistic. Like, you go in and then they go in and then it's like, oh, we have slightly more health. It's actually just very simplistic fun, which is, that's the feature. It's supposed to be a casual game that you blast out for, because you notice they also made them all so they don't last 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah. You don't have these big macro barren battles. They're all like a 20-minute game, aren't they? Because it's the premise of what I said. You're supposed to bang it out on a little commute and then go and do your job or do it on your lunch break or something. So I actually think, by the way, in terms of general gaming, it's it's a brilliant angle to go through. It's an obvious vector you should pursue. But as actual like esports, remember, for me, esports is sports is like the top, top level of like, essentially the top level of human endeavor. You're trying to prove like how amazing a human spirit can be when it's applied to a certain discipline and certain rule set. And the one last thing I would say is this. The other reason why this isn't sports to me, it isn't esports, is the one that hurts everyone's feelings. So you know when everyone does this whole angle where they go, right, esports is all about inclusion and about fairness and about everyone getting a chance and everyone feeling... No, it isn't. It's competition. In fact, I'll tag this to what I said last week about the women thing. I'll give you an obvious reason why women aren't that interested in esports games competing against each other. Because they're a proxy for war. The most male discipline in the history of the human race. Like, what's great about, about sports is we don't have to murder each other at the end of it. We just do the symbolic version of it, get the same status, credit, like dopamine rush there. But at the end, we're all alive still. So as a result, guess what? In a field that's supposed to inherently be about, like, fuck you, I'm the best, I'll beat you, I'll beat you again next week. That isn't at the end of it, but everyone has to feel good though, and everyone's a gamer, and we're all in. Because the problem, in my opinion, is the more you expand like categories like that, you just make them meaningless. It's like when people try telling me, Rich, you call yourself an esports historian, but esports actually began with Pong in the 1970s. No, you've just ruined the meaning of the word esports. You've just taken esports to mean anyone ever turned on a computer and another person pressed the button, beep. Oh, that was esports. No, because the, pre the premise is what's the spirit of what you're saying? The spirit of esports is like when it was actually proper competition where people tried to play like a pro it's maybe organized in some like manner that would be at least be able to recognize now like so in the same sense if we're saying is it real gaming what we really mean is to us is it to us real gaming so to me it isn't in fact i would say by definition it's casual gaming it's more within the vein of a of a jeweled etc but for the industry it definitely should be explored it's just an obvious it's like free money on the table if you just leave it at this point i think you'd be silly not to explore it just probably not for me i i agree 100 especially i think that's it depends a lot on your definition of esports and i think that's where the whole argument is 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 how people define esports but you know at the end of the day if it's something that brings in money then and it, and it absolutely does and, oh, sure, and yeah. more, then then it's going to be it's going to be as an aside I even did an interview with, I forget his name, but the guy who's like the CEO guy of NRG, like a massive org. That's even a reason. I didn't even know this myself. He even said that was a main reason why he was really interested in getting in a CDL, the COD League. Because apparently a big push for them is to get like loads of people playing on COD on the fucking mobile. Yeah. And they really think in the future, this means like if you're in the CDL, like eventually they might just open the whole world to you and you might have like hundreds of millions of people in India and China playing the app. Like, probably not. But you can see why to them it would be the next El Dorado. And it's like the dream mm. of like, oh my God, that's where the real 
single one of yours. Because you notice this ties back into the earlier topic. The real reason why there's an outrage over this is people who play bloody video games on their mobile phone now also have hurt feelings and need to be validated that they're doing a real thing. You're playing video games for fun. Are you aware? Unless you're Faker, you're just some kind of planting Timo shrooms. You are not playing... Just because Faker is an actual pro and has, like, sports psychology in a real degree and, you know, like, fucking thinks about the game, that doesn't mean you're not wasting your time. You're still just a fucker hiding in that brush for hours where we're all like, you're not even farming. Fucking do something. That's you. You're I know you want your mum to burst in and go, Mum, this is a real thing now. Like, it isn't. You're, you're just a fucking side character in this show, mate. <laughs> why is that? Why is everything in esports still about that validation of your own like sort of fucked up life choice? I don't get. I've never got. Here's what I find weird about that, Rich. So it's like a real question. The reason I ask it as a genuine question is because obviously I was pre-selected in a different way for esports. Like I said on the last episode, being in esports is almost like you have failed in society. Now you're going to the fucking wasteland. So I can't even imagine the idea of like. But everyone here validates. Like I'm not a loser. Or anything. It's like, I'm fucking. Of course I am by default. <laughs> That's why I'm hearing it. Like, this isn't the cool kids club. This is the fucking table that everyone sits on where they can't sit with the cool kids. Speaking speaking of which, and tied into <laughs> to what you said about like the simplistic nature and how they've deliberately made it like a feature to be simpler, blah blah blah. I I downloaded uh, that Pokemon Unite game when it came out because I had uh, had a Switch, and I would say honestly that game is like super fun. But I remember when I was playing it, and the games literally last like 15 minutes, like max or whatever. I was like. The only problem I have with this game is I think it'll get pretty boring pretty quickly because it is very simplistic and there's only so much you can do and so much you control you can have. The same the same week, I go on Twitch and here we go, Froscorin Bingo. And I see that Froscorin is streaming it and it's like, unranked to challenger, Pokemon Unite. And I click on it and she's like raging her dick off at her team. It's like, fucking... It's like, you are literally playing a kid's Pokemon skin of a super simplified version of a real game that you've actually dedicated huge chunks of your life to, which is oh, actually wait, like a real... Like, oh, is this like a Pokemon skin? Yeah, yeah literally. Game? Yes. I, I didn't know that. Okay, it's right. like, and you are raging at prob probably actual eight-year-olds who are playing the baby sandbox though, version of like kindergarten. To be kindergarten. fair though, I'll push back, Rich. That is also the most on-brand thing for scoring for <laughs> right. Google. Yeah. Is get like like the Pokemon themed version of League and then just be like going way too hardcore like they're not even playing correctly like this bloody toppling he's not even split pushing like yeah, it's the Pokemon kid it's the little kid's version of the game like He's playing. He's playing know. fucking. He's playing fucking Clefairy, <laughs> and he's like, what are, you, "What are we doing? What are we doing?" Oh my I, goodness. I honestly, one of the funniest moments I've had recently, I haven't laughed quite this hard, is when I when the Pokemon Unite hype was all out and I checked I checked out some of the streams on Twitch and there was this guy, one of the one of the top streamers, no idea who he was. Um something about his high rank obviously in his stream title. Check it out. And he's raging his dick off as well. And he's running around casting casting people out as Mr. Fucking Mime. And and I just watching that happen. Just this little like the, the mental image, just, just seeing it happen, I was like, honestly, this is just pure comedy gold. Like, I don't know how people can... Like, surely you see that. Like, you're, you you just have that moment where you realise, like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is... Like, I'm literally Mr. Mime right even, now. Even that out. clip, like, even that famous clip of Roscorin when she's like, fucking quick shot ruined my career. She's playing like fucking Pikachu or some shit. Oh, like, is that from when this was? Yeah. Oh, I see now, right? Yeah. Oh, I, see, I remember that clip of the yeah. Uh, it does lose a bit of its edge, doesn't it? When you're running around spamming quick attack on Pikachu and 
kind of yeah uh moving on from mobile games though that kind of a similar topic charmander's hitting um, my nexus everyone base charmander's ending the game <laughs> imagine you've just commentated like faker v rookie like five months ago or something you're losing your mind because oh. fucking pikachu and charmander are ending the game oh my goodness <laughs> Fucking quick shot. Ruin my career. I don't know why is that? I see catching strays in that game. I don't fucking know. I don't. <laughs> That's awesome, by the way, the sad thing about esports. Like, people have no self awareness. Like, here's the sad thing. If Frost Goran actually made that same content, but as an intentional piece of satire, 4G4, yes. it'd be hilarious. That yes. would actually be really funny. Like, if you were like, you know, like the overly yeah. invested esports person tries playing yeah. a normal game. Because, by the way, we've also all had that experience. We've all had the shit where you go and you try and play a normal game again. And it's like the shit where you just spend the first hour creating the character. Like, oh, I've got to get right. Fuck, what's the best man? And at the end, you're like, yeah. I didn't even play the game. What am I doing with my life? Like, yeah, th that would actually be good content, mate. If it was done yeah. with a level of irony, yeah. put them into it, you know, baked in. Um, I want to move on though because I'm. I'm uh, <laughs> the problem is though, now he <laughs> said that, I really want to make like a skit, like, because oh! here's the other thing. I'd love to like tag everyone in esports. Like, I love how all the shit fucking, you know, when medic just has to make a moment. Like, here's the problem in esports. I'll give you a little pro tip if you don't know, because I've known loads of casters. The best casters, what makes them geniuses, is that they can spot when it's the moment that's going to be epic, and that's when they know to go ham. What Medic does is he just decides every single final, I'm going to create that moment now, right now. And you can even tell the lines are fucking canned sometimes. Because sometimes I've even seen him like go too early with a line. It's clear like, oh shit, he thought that was like the series end of line. It's like, fuck, there's going to be another team fight. So the problem is like, but, but just imagine all these angles or like imagine Medic just going like, and Charmander takes the base. <laughs> this is world-class Pokemon Unite. And it's being played here in the online European League. <laughs> uh, like, just get every classic. Obviously you'd have another one like, like Dora fucking, oh, look at that <laughs> fucking. <laughs> Would it be like a Blastoise yeah. to move? Basically, that? I want someone to take every classic moment in League history and just do that. Just have Monty that actually, like, fucking, yeah. The just, that is content. Monty just like Gary Ork or something like, <laughs> I don't know, playing an ocarina or yeah. something. The Snorlax mirror match. There you go. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I don't know. That would be amazing. Banging content. By the way, any fan who can think of a good angle, put in the comments what would be the best, <laughs> like, what would be the most ridiculous thing for Relay Spot to take in? They're both yeah, asleep. <laughs> both Snorlaxes are asleep. <laughs> put, put it in the comments, the best line, the best oh. commentator lines yes. that you can think of. Yes. Replace the Pokemon Unite and next Perfect. episode, yeah. we will read them out. And yeah. we will... <laughs> we will re I bet they'll come up with some good ones. Someone will have a good one, I know. Because I, I trust yeah. the internet to like crowd The internet is endlessly witty. Yes, honestly. exactly. All it's pitfalls is, honestly, some of the shit. Yes. Let me tell you as well, honestly, okay, on my stream the other day, this is completely off topic. I'll keep it short, I promise. So I was sitting there playing League of Legends, as you do. And, you know, I'm 29 years old, so my hairline isn't quite what it used to be when I was a young whippersnapper. And, like, I don't know if I had, like, a, like a bit of hair was, like, back or something anyway a twitch viewer said to me he said um i just uh, um we did you have a head injury as a child because you just got like a patch on your head and i was like <laughs> i read it and it's like what the fuck it's like what do you mean you got a patch on your head and it was like yeah it's just like you know weird way like maybe like a bit of hair did you have a head injury as a child I didn't he, he fully didn't mean any offense by this by the way and that's I, like that's what cracked me up was like he was genuinely 100 percent was being like just he i don't even know how to say like he cared 
He was being, he was, he was expressing care, asking this question. Are you brain damaged, Foxtrot? Literally. And then when I said, and then when I said, don't you think like it just makes more sense to say maybe like it's just a guy with a receding hairline? He was like, yeah, well, people can be a bit insecure about that. And I was like, yeah, because my head injury is something that I'm really fucking grateful. I uh, just honestly, I fucking love it. The internet is a brilliant place. Even when they're not trying to be funny, it cracks me the fuck up. I love it. I love it to pieces. Moving on to our final topic of the day. Esports versus real sports. So we, we talked about whether mobile gaming is real gaming. Very similar topic here. This is the age of debate. Is esports real sports? Um, I, you know, I, I just I want to get your 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 quick grabs on this one. I'm I'm gonna start actually because I personally my my opinion is very short here. I don't think it matters in the slightest. I don't give a fuck whether something's an esport or not. It just it. Yeah, I, I think you can just argue endlessly and you'll never come to a conclusion about what defines an esports. So for me, this whole argument doesn't even really, it's dead in, it's dead in the water for me. Um, but I'm sure you guys have some more, hopefully have more interesting opinions than I do right there. So uh, Thorin, you, you kind of popped off on the last one. I'll give you another chance to pop off on this. Are esports real sports? Does it matter? Keep it simple. This is obviously a classic one. It's probably the most hackneyed topic in the history of esports and people don't know, not least because every single time there's ever the initial overlap between esports and the mainstream, it's the question that the mainstream and all the mainstream people always posit of, is this a sport? It's not a sport. Then people try to argue. Sadly, it ties into what we've been talking about some of the past topics. Half the reason why esports people are desperate for it to be a sport is purely for validation. Again, the idea of like, so I'm actually doing something real now, That's whatever that is. So... Personally, I don't think it matters, as you say. To me, the only areas it can matter is in weird things like, for example, do you have to be a sport to get like a government grant in the UK to mm. run some sort of Olympic shit or something? That angle, there's maybe a reason you might want it to be classed as a sport. But I would just say in general, like, first of all, I think in terms of the spirit of what a sport is, like the idea it's something like physical, it's, I don't think it really is in that sense. Like, look, it's certainly not the case. It's one of the things I actually hear about the whole female gaming topic where people keep saying that line of like, and of course, since this is on computer games, there'd be no physical component. Like what? Like I would say even in Counter-Strike, the difference between simple and like fucking some random guy on mouse is going to be enormous physically. Like I'm sure his reaction time is better. Tracking's probably better. Like a whole bunch of things will be fast twitch muscles, maybe more developed or something. Who the fuck knows? So anyway like obviously there is a small physical component in esports but compared to traditional sports is enormously small so to me the reason why i've always thought this was a non-issue to me is because it's more like if people imagine if people endlessly discussed if snooker was a sport or not yeah. like it's classed as a sport in the uk but i wouldn't hear it if people classed it as a discipline or a competition like poker or something because again it is physical but is it as physical as playing a game of rugby is it fuck of course it isn't it's very <laughs> simplistic in terms of the muscles used it's just it's just you have to be absolute best of that one type of single thing you're doing so my problem is i don't really see what the upside of it is aside from as i say government things and to me if you talk about like what you think colloquially is a sport i think just inherently it isn't like i've always found that angle whack I, this is one of the areas i've been very different to esports people when the mainstream person goes it's not a sport i just go yeah i agree see ya and then just mm -hmm. continue on my life like problem solved because in a way by the way I think also in esports, people naturally love to make it that in that dynamic, we're all supposed to laugh at the boomer guy who goes, it's not a sport. But I get that though, because think about this, right? What if that is just your dad and he doesn't know about esports?
Sports and he's turned on BBC Sport and they're showing some motherfucking League of Legends tournament. Like, guess what? If he then goes, what is this shit? I want to watch sport. I don't think he's some idiot or something. I think it's a totally good faith argument. And I do not think, by the way, that the BBC could even claim they are in good faith delivering him the sporting product that he's tuning in for. Like, I think, I, I think a lot of these topics, by the way, unfortunately lean into sort of the political domain of they're just to divide people, but in stupid manner, like... What's great is if you have this discussion like we're having now, it's a uniting topic of anything. Like I've just showed there how I can make grounds with people who don't even like esports. Because if anything, mate, we're both in our own little corner. Like you keep your sports shit out of my esports, and I'll keep my esports out of your sports, and we can just keep then the twain shall meet. Like the joke is, we could actually have like interesting discussions where we could communicate with the older generation and people not in esports. But sadly, like I say, I think this discussion nearly always just centers on the premise of the person who's not in esports doesn't want things that are non esports, and they think it's stupid. And the people who are in esports want to be validated that this is just as important as football, American football, basketball, and all the real, real sports that people respect and have status in society. About you, Rich, what are you thinking on the uh, on the argument? So, to be honest, I actually this is this is something where like if people want to really reel me in and like bait me into something, they can float this topic above my head and suggest that esports is real sports. Because to me, I do actually care quite a bit about this topic. And the main reason I do, it's nothing that currently exists, but it's all the sort of murmurings, the ripples in the water that have sort of we're I fear that we're moving towards, which is as Thorin already sort of somewhat suggested, things like bids to be in the Olympics and stuff like this. And obviously this is a big push, by the way, coming from the East for this kind of stuff as well. I hate that. I My my background, not necessarily like fully working, but like I love traditional sports. I, To be honest, I think most of, most of the traditional sports that I follow, I think shit all over esports. Spoiler alert, if I could choose to have a career like doing what I do in real sports rather than esports, I would, I would take that immediately, I think real sports shit all over esports mainly because and this ties into the physical aspect there's no fucking matrix i mean maybe there is right but the matrix that we live in in the sporting world is so much more freeing there's so much more physical potential there's so much more ability to like individually impact what happens based on what you as a person with your physical body do the problem is for me it's like you can create a definition of sports to fit esports and it wouldn't necessarily have to be that whack the idea that you know they're very competitive and there is like some kind of physical element and blah 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 but it's like yeah you can fit that in with as Soren said like poker like there's world championships in poker it's competitive you technically use your hands whatever but to me that is actually kind of a bad faith argument like I think the spirit of the word sport and more importantly by the way the word athlete which is you know by extension i hate how this word gets inserted deliberately into broadcast all the time of like athlete esports athlete even the visa is like esports athlete visa like fuck off like you can look up the word sport and you can argue with me about what we think about that i think you'll be wrong but we can argue about it look up the definition of the word athlete and tell me that anyone who's in esports is an athlete because of what they're doing in esports. And like to the naysayers that say shit like, oh, look at an O-lineman in the NFL, is he an 
Mate, that guy's 300 pounds, can run a 40-yard dash in under five seconds, and he could throw you to Antarctica. Of course he's a fucking athlete. He's one of the greatest athletes in the world. What the fuck are you talking about? Just because he's you big. Know, that's a mad one. I even made that mistake myself, dude, when I didn't follow American football. I didn't get that. I always thought, why do they have fat guys doing <laughs> that role? What people don't know is it's because each role in American football, this is a really interesting side tangent, each role has a totally different physical skill yes. set that you need. So believe it or not, this is what people don't get. The guy who's the old lineman, if he was stood next to you, yes, he'd just look like he's fat. That guy can probably like lift 500 pounds on like a... Yeah. Fucking bench press, like that. That guy's incredibly athletic. You just don't know. He's got a very specific like body set in the same way as Sumo has a different body set than Floyd Mayweather. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, American football is one of the most specialized team sports, if not the most specialized. And these the people are in the world, yeah. mental athletes, like crazy athletes. I mean, even people say stuff like golfers, but it's like. Dude, the, the 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 idea that you can be like really old and overweight and have no athletic ability now, it's not really a thing. Like I would admit there are people who looked like out of shape on the tour like 20 years ago, even maybe even 15 years ago. But first of all, it's not so much of a thing now. Most of the guys you'll actually see a pretty fucking good shape. You look at Woods, Dustin Johnson, whoever these people are actually look like athletes and they can also talk their body in ways you can fucking dream of while driving a ball 300 yards. Like there are massive physical aspects to that. So I hate the idea that sports is lumped in or esports is lumped in with real sports, that there's an idea to push, like make a push for the Olympics. Like, again, I don't want to get like too traditionalist with this necessarily, but think about what the Olympics is. Think of like the inception of in Athens and all the like the idea that we reach a point or we're trending in a direction where we're going to have computers, like things happening on computer screens that defines whether someone gets a gold medal or not. I find like, fucking absolutely sickening honestly like I, I i can't stand the thought of that like to me i mean i personally and stuff like the olympics i think we already have too many fucking sports first of all i don't think shit like football should be in the olympics like there's no point. Way, to... thing is though as a sidebar one of the reasons i know why you because you didn't like say enough there the reason why i know why it's shit disgusts you is like put it this way i'm not joking this this shall show you how esports can be totally different perspective depending on where you're coming from, right? To some people, this will have been actually potentially the zenith of esports at this point. One of the worst moments in my esports career in terms of like what it implied about the industry I'm in was, do you remember a couple of years ago where they had that Super Bowl ad at halftime that had Ninja in? Yes, yeah. Where it was literally the greatest Hall of Famers, like Jim Brown from the NFL, and they were all going, Ninja, is Ninja here? Oh, my God, Ninja, right? Here's the problem. If, as Rich said, if Ninja, who isn't even a competitive player for fuck's sake, if he was comparable to those players, that would be fine. But the problem is, like, here's, the, here's how we all know... This is how we all know, no matter how much you try and convince yourselves, you don't really think they're athletes. If I said, which one of these is the odd one out? We've got Alan Shearer, legendary football player for England. We've got Muhammad Ali, probably the greatest boxer ever. And we've got Faker. Now, Faker might be the greatest esports competitor ever. He's obviously the odd one out on that fucking list, isn't he? In instinctively, you know it. You don't even need to debate with yourself. You would just immediately know, well, come on, out of those three, he would be the odd one out, wouldn't he? Like, that, you can you can just viscerally sense it's not the same thing. In the same way, by the way, it'd be equally ridiculous to have fucking the chess, Mar Magnus Carlsen next to Muhammad Ali. Like, they're totally, they're not in any way, there's no overlap between your domains, you know? And the thing is as well, like, people might say that's unfair and be like, oh, you can only be the best in your own sphere, blah, blah, blah. And obviously, chess is an immensely complex an intellectual game and all the rest of it but ultimately when it comes to sports or like competitiveness the idea 
that you and again this goes back to i guess sort of a uh athenal mythology and stuff like this like the idea that you physically just best someone is always going to have more gravitas to most people than sitting in front of a fucking computer screen as well as you might be able to click the buttons and move your mouse that in a way on some level maybe that's an unfair thing to say but it's never going to be able to reach the same levels it's like i said it's because it's a proxy for war i remember joe rogan made this point literally like 15 years ago or something might have done it in a special i know in his podcast he said this He, he had the best way of framing it ever he said this he said the reason you know sports are just the themselves like a proxy for fighting and war is because he said imagine this scenario so i'll give you the analogy foxtrop imagine mm. if we were playing basketball right and then uh no i'll go the other way around i fucked up the joke almost there imagine this right imagine <laughs> me and you we were at a basketball court but we were just walking past and we got in a fight right and you beat me up imagine if after you beat me up i get up and as i'm walking away i go yeah but if we played basketball i'd slam the ball right on your head though wouldn't i no one would go, oh, shit, he got... Because we all know you won. You beat me in the fight, that's it. You, when Whatever hierarchy men are using on some intuitive level, you win on that one. I could win a million 1v1 games, it won't add up, will it? So that's like his analogy. is like, at the end of the day, it's just about the fight. Like, it's yeah. just a fucking... Some sort of, like, a different version of the same in concept. In fact, to, to even to, to, to extend on that, if you guys had, like, a one-on-one game and afterwards you're like, whoa, get fucked, yeah. And then he walks up to you, gets right in your face said, do you want to do the other thing? And you'd be like, no, 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 no. he's won again. He didn't even have to fight Absolutely. you, but everyone yep. who's in the vicinity knows yes. that guy has it over you. And everything yes. you just did, even if you fucking posterized him, doesn't matter. No one's even remembering that. They're like, holy shit, he shit himself when Foxtrot walked after him, didn't he? Like, that is the thing that you take away from that. So and again, maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's just like, you're putting too much onus on like some primal thing. That's why sports exist, by the way. As Thorin said earlier, it's an outlet so people don't fight in the street. It's a watered down, it's methadone to heroin. It's like, this is the thing that we're using to cope so we're not fucking shanking each other or whatever. So yeah, I I think that is absolutely true. And unfortunately, on the hierarchy of that, and by the way, one of the reasons, go Google any 100 greatest athletes of all time. It's not the consensus, by the way, that Ali is the greatest boxer. Some people will say Sugar Ray Robinson. Some people will say Mayweather or whatever. Generally, people do think it's Ali, but it's like up for debate, right? Go Google 100 greatest athletes. Why is he always in the top three? Like no matter what, no matter what, he's always in the top three because boxing is higher up on this tier list than generally team sports right because it's more individual it's more mano o mano and that's why the greatest fighter arguably of all time even if he's not you know the consensus greatest fighter is always going to be super high up on the list like for most people and this probably isn't accurate but like whoever you have as your goat in tennis let's say Djokovic Federer whatever uh, or Nadal like whichever one one of them's going to be really high up on the list the guy who makes the list he'll put one pretty high but he won't be as high as Ali and no one else will be anywhere near whereas there'll be a Sugar Ray Robinson if Ali's number one and Sugar Ray will be like number 10 or whatever that's the difference it's like the more the closest you get to like I am going to try and kill you in the any any given thing that is always going to end up being given the most gravitas and the disconnect between that and being, as I said, looking at a fucking computer screen and typing on a keyboard or pressing keys on a keyboard while using your mouse. It is what it is, man. And, and it's, again, as I said, it might be unfair, but at the same time, you should go into that with a social understanding of that's how it works. And you don't really have anything to complain about, do you? I mean, Faker could have tried MMA if he wanted to. You know, that door was not shut to him. So can't Faker really complain. Who says no? Who yeah. says no? Yeah. Apart from everyone at SKT1. 
Um, how dare you? That is T1 since Joe Marsh came in and revolutionized oh, sorry, that organization. Yeah, T1, yeah. I still miss the SKT1 days, I'm not going to lie. Although, I, I, at the same time, I don't because I feel like the new T1 has a different brand and SKT1 died and I'm glad it's dead. That's know? actually the main reason I like to honor the brand change, though, because they didn't win any world championships with Joe Marsh and the T1 brand. So I like to always be certain that's a T1. So I make a, uh, a distinction in each spot. I don't want him to be conflated with the brilliant history of SKT. They've also got that yeah. interesting, like, anti-gay vibe, which maybe they always have, but now they're, like, really leaning into strongly. And it's an interesting flavour. It, it's, it's out there. I'm not sure I, not sure I completely agree. But, you know, he's he's gone for it. He's endorsed it. I'm, let's see where it, let's see I'm where gonna, it I'm comes. I think they wouldn't hire LS because of the fans, like, uh, backlash or whatever. Yeah, 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 but yeah, it's yeah, fine because yeah. that was all perfectly explained away without any dodging in a wonderful podcast mm. by Doublelift. So, <laughs> if it, case yeah, closed. I mean, if anyone to explain that, Doublelift is... Hey, he, in the now. immediate aftermath, they both came on the podcast and it must... I mean, I ha I'll be honest, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I can only assume during a two-hour podcast you invite the two main characters of that storyline that that was the primary topic of conversation. It must have been, right? And also, I've heard that he's a very good host, so I have no doubts that they got to the bottom of that. So yeah. check it out. <laughs> I'm sure you grilled them to the to the bones right there. I think we're about done with our topics for today, but we're not quite done with our show. Now, we have the fun part here where we get to go on a little bit of a, an adventure between who is the better predictor between Thorin and rich and as we all know predictions are the backbone of being a, a, a strong analyst in esports so this is very important stuff and very serious business i believe we are f this is the third one if i'm not mistaken we've done two so far this is the third one yeah. or maybe the fourth one actually i can't I think it's the third because here's the, the problem <laughs> in theory if you win three you win and i think it's two zero at the it is okay yeah. so it's two zero thorin uh last week i believe it was Fnatic G2 game, I think. Yeah, Fnatic G2, and of course, Thorin coming out on top, as he always does, superior analyst. Uh, this week, we're going to CSGO. IEM is on. Who do we think is going to go further in that tournament phase or Na'Vi? Rich, who have you got coming out on this one? It's just it's just a change of game that I need. I'm, I'm feeling yeah. it now. I, I, I'm <laughs> feeling confident. I would say as well that by, unfortunately, although hopefully he won't need it, you're going to have to, I guess, have a uh, forfeit in mind, possibly, by the by next show if, if things yeah, do go awry. But as I said, I'm feeling very confident. Okay. New, new game, new me. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to say that Na'Vi go further than FaZe slash beat FaZe, fine, whatever happens. And I'm going to, as always, just go purely on a narrative point here, which is I feel when last put in the spotlight simple kind of crumbled a little bit and i'm i'm just going for the simple redemption arc it does kind of seem and this is i guess been a theme of simple's career basically forever that regardless of like players they fill in or will this guy be permanent simple just doesn't really change does he and the, the strength of the team doesn't seem to change much either it's just they go as simple goes it's actually fucking nuts to watch by the way and if you go on csgo reddit i I mean highlight clips or whatever i mean fucking cadian pops up there every now and then doesn't he but it is mental how often it's just some absolutely ludicrous clutch winning play in an important round and it's simple like it's actually nuts like already so far this tournament but yeah i'm going pure narrative on this i'm saying simple redemption arc where he fell short in the final this time navi's actually going to win it all and simple's going to have like a 1.7 fucking 
uh, ADR or whatever that fun stat is that they use. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm going for. Brilliant, I love it. Getting the storylines out there. So I guess uh, Thornton, this means you're going for FaZe. Why is FaZe your team? Right, here's what's a bit sad. As you might have guessed by the fact that, one, when we first ran these forfeits, I won the first one, Rich had to wear the TSM jersey, and I'm already 2-0 up on this one, and if I win this one, it's two in a row. The problem is, somehow I've found the one person in the world I can consistently beat in prediction <laughs> contests, because people don't know, I almost never, ever win them in, like, CSGO or whatever. I'm at, sometimes I've been, like, second or third. I don't think I've ever been first and won the whole thing. But that's also because, usually, when you do predictions, especially, like, we've tried to pick a lot here, you know, it's that, like, fairly 50-50 obviously just mathematically you're not supposed to win them all 50-50 isn't it like flip a coin but somehow in all the 50-50s me and Rich have had I just win them all and the last one I thought was that was ridiculous because that really was like a 50-50 and I don't even like, like I, th I think I even pointed out my actual reasons aren't even like legit it's sort of like the lineup <laughs> could be better like all the reasons actually were for G2 yeah. so basically this is really going to test if Rich is cursed or not because for this one I actually just allowed him to choose which of the two he wants because it's been so bad for him <laughs> I've decided that I feel like if the universe is just going to give me the winner anyway I'll just take the other one and because it's a true 50-50 in my opinion I actually think for this one you can just make good cases for both teams so the reason I'd say I'll take phase. And actually, as I say, like I haven't really thought who I would have picked if I'd have been able to choose myself. I could have gone either way. Basically, the thing with FaZe Clan is this. This is where I feel like a lot of people, I think in CS, have a very bad eye test. Because everyone now has this narrative you might have seen, Rich, which goes like this. So because FaZe won all the tournaments at the beginning of the year, including the major, but then they fell right off and they didn't win a whole bunch of the tournaments afterwards. In fact, some of them, they, did, they weren't even like in the final or going as deep. Everyone's angle was like, wow, so FaZe was really dominant early and then now they've just fallen off and they've come like no like what yeah. were you watching those games even when phase won all those tournaments they were winning a million close games like or if it goes like even even if they won 2-0 it'd be like an overtime in a game or a 16-14 when it would go three maps it would still be close sometimes teams would even have them like almost on the ropes they would come back like it was actually the other way around like what i found amazing was like how do they keep the joke is phase was doing what i'm doing in these prediction contests every time it was what should be a 50-50 game or like you might get upset they would just somehow all always win it would just happen every time so the point is if you've watched the last few months it's just the opposite of that now every time they're in the close game they've lost now when they need like one player to have like four frags more he doesn't like for example off the top of my head i think it was rops was like way more quiet since the major he was the big signing he was like the guy they signed to potentially be their mvp so they're still a good team in my opinion they still have all the qualities of a good team they had before they just aren't getting lucky as often and so if you go and look if you look even when they lose they don't get blown out that often a, a, a lot of the losses even 2-0 losses they have they'll be like in the opponent's map it'll be like 16-12 16-13 so in my opinion they're still right there so when you look at this tournament this this is a tournament that has a lot of healthy room to play like in the group stages double a limb obviously by the time you get to the bracket you're in the full stage environment you're only doing one game a day there's no like extra so in my opinion this is like top top level of counter strike so I think that by the time they get to the playoffs they'll have just charged up and I actually think if you look at the top 10 right now now, yes, it's shocking that teams like Faze have lost, but the top 10 is really weak right now. The joke is the only actual team, just because of raw firepower, that you can trust to make it deep is Na'Vi, actually. They're the only one because they just... I can, he says simple performance the same no matter what the big three stars all frag out no matter what so I actually think that these are the two main teams to watch and I would just say I actually still think FaZe has all the same strengths I think it's been a bit misleading to fans because they're just looking at the big loss of like oh you got 2-0 and thinking that means you're terrible like this is still a really good team 
Alright, it's Na'Vi for Rich and FaZe for Thorin. If Thorin wins this one, when you've basically just said, fuck it, take your pick, and then... That is just the universe anyway. doesn't want him to win that by annoying it. Like. Yeah, it's just it's just what it is. You better start thinking of uh, some forfeits for Rich to do this time around because you might just be needing it for next week's episode. I think that's all we're going to be talking about today, though. Is there anything you guys want to add uh, wrapping up here before we finish our show, Rich Thorin? No, just uh, make sure you get those uh, Pokemon casting oh. lines in. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Do that. Uh, I'm actually quite looking forward to that, to be fair. All right, excellent stuff, guys. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.